You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three of The Big Show is powered by MortgagesToGo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit MortgagesToGo.ca. Bottom of the hour, Nick Kiprios, the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Big news around the NHL this morning. Yarmo Kekalainen out as Columbus Blue Jackets GM. Big news in the hockey world. 11 no. years he was there. Yeah. I think that's going to be a pretty highly regarded gig. Um, back to you talking about me and the Gardner Expressway. Who's going to be the next general manager of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets? Who cares? That's essentially what it is. But we'll ask Kipper about that. Who's next in line? I would disagree. I think it's a little bit different. I think people here in Calgary care more about the next GM, the GM of, the, of Blue the Blue Jackets, Jackets than the highway in Ontario. Of course, because it's hockey, but still. It's still the Columbus Blue Jackets. As I've always said, the most irrelevant franchise in the NHL. There's a big golf story today. Tiger Woods is back, baby. The Genesis teeing it up in about two and a half hours or so. Our next guest, Sportsnet golf analyst from the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest Holly. We say good morning to Adam Stanley. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I don't know about you, Adam, but I feel like, is this a rebirth of one Eldrick Taunt Woods. I, he feels like he's healthier. He's back. Uh, we're not talking about his leg. He has this cool new logo, new new lease on life with Taylor Made, and apparently he's just striping the driver. Like, Adam, what happened to, I don't know if he can survive four rounds walking. Now we're talking about Tiger Woods. Huh, I'm going to look for him at the Masters this year. What do you think? The big, the big cat. The nine lives. Yeah, he's back. I know. I, I, he's, he's so back. You know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting because every single conversation around men's professional golf, when you kind of zoom out from the week to week, has always been about everything else that's going on. But it does seem like this week is really, you know, about the golf. And I think that it's about the golf because Tiger Woods is here. And, you know, as a fan of the sport, you're obviously super excited about it. Even the guys who are in the field, you know, Max Holmes said yesterday, uh, every event is better when, when Tiger's playing. And I think that that kind of transcends um, golf. It transcends sports. It's just people are really fascinated to see what he does, how he does. And, you know, we have a whole generation who are on the PGA Tour right now because of what, you know, Tiger Woods accomplished and what he did and how he changed the game. And I could go on and on. So uh, it does seem like he is looking good. He's feeling good. You know, the first words out of his mouth to the the question that he got asked yesterday was, you know, what what's your expectations for the week? And he's like, well, a win would be nice. So everyone's everyone's kind of amped up to just bear witness to the Tiger Woods show this week. And I think he's kind of brought it on himself a little bit. You know, the walk looks really good. He said that his ankle feels totally fine. Um, you know, he says he's kind of flushing the golf ball and, and really his body is now allowing him to hit the kind of shots that he has always wanted. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a ton of reasons to be excited about the golf this week. Yeah, um, obviously he's still an incredibly enormous draw. We had this conversation before he jumped on. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, our technical director who you spoke to before he jumped on, uh, GVP Garrett, um, he's saying that, uh, you know, which is the major he could potentially win? I'm on the side that if Tiger Woods is ever going to win a major again, and you want to talk about ginormous sports stories, it would be two spots. It'd be the Masters or the Open Championship. I don't think he can win the U.S. Open. I doubt he could win a PGA Championship. Your thoughts, Adam Stanley? 
Yeah, I would. I, I mean, I, I'd agree. I think the the Masters thing, like we almost counted, we almost counted him out a bunch of years ago, and then of course he went and did it. And I think it, it's really like it's the walking more than anything else. Like he could kind of play that golf course with his eyes closed and and still do do pretty well um, on it. But can he can he walk those hills? You know, let's call it six times one day after the other, that is the biggest question mark. Um, and, and I'm really not too sure. Now the open is kind of the opposite. It's, it's super flat. Um, and you don't really have to hit driver around any of those golf courses. You can kind of just bunt it around with the irons and, and tiger said that he's been you know pretty comfortable with, with all those shots. And obviously the short game has never left him because that was kind of the only thing that he could do. So yeah, I would, I would say that out of, out of the four um, just because of the body of work at Augusta national, that one's probably, you know, still number one, as long as he can walk it, uh, the open championship, that would be number two, just because he doesn't have to, you know, really, uh, bang it out with a, with a bunch of speed. He can kind of work his way around there. Uh, the other two, the PGA and the U S open. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot more questions than answers about, about those two places. I mean, Pinehurst, um, is kind of linksy style. That's where they're going this year. So you may have a chance there. And then a Valhalla, you know, that, that's kind of your classic American parkland style course. I, I really don't think that he's, he's got a shot to do that, but I mean, you know, in two and a half months, you can play that clip back when he's in the final group on Sunday and uh, you can say, ha, you doubted him. How, how dare you? And we can go from there. Um, it's funny how we talk about how the, the leaderboards lately on the PGA tour haven't been the sexiest and all oh, look at live having all these big time names. Funny how we're not even remotely mentioning that topic this week with tiger back on the prowl. Uh, yeah, big time. I don't think that, I mean, tiger had asked a couple questions about, uh, about Piff and about, uh, the ongoing negotiations and, and what he would like to see from, uh, from this SSG group and the money and who's doing what and where, but you know, those were almost like fact checking questions just because we hadn't heard from tiger in so long but um you know some of the other guys who were maybe trotted out pre-tournament again same deal we hadn't heard from them in a while certainly for the start of 2024 so get those get those questions asked get those answers filed away for for now or, or for moving forward and um yeah really it's almost like the the live guys you know they they had two events in back-to-back weeks even the one <clears throat> excuse me during the same week as the super bowl to try to they just kind of knew, like if they had a live event this week, no one would be, no one would be paying attention, even even less so than usual. So it, it's it's refreshing. Um, you know, you get the best golfers uh, on the PGA Tour all all together to play this event. Riviera, iconic golf course. You know, Tiger's the host. Tiger's back. Tiger's playing. Tiger's feeling good. Um, it, it's nice to almost feel like normal again um, as a fan of of the PGA Tour and, and of men's professional golf. Well, and Liv's now off for a few weeks because, you know, you got to have a couple weeks off between back-to-back tournaments on Liv. They worked so hard. Uh, they, worked, I, they worked way too hard. Yeah, yeah exactly. it was tough in Vegas. I bet it was a real weekend for all of them. Uh, I did want to ask you about the logo. Uh, I saw someone put it side-by-side side with the old Slazenger logo, and now I can't unsee that because it looks just like the skeleton of the Slazenger logo. Yeah, Tiger. Like, did he kill the Slazenger? Is that what he did? This is just like this is the. uh, (laughs) It's like a museum of that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's. Um, it might take a while for me to like for for it to grow on me. I think it was like, I think the text and the logo together is a little jumbled. It's a little offensive, to be honest. Like, just the just the 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 skeletal outline of of the big cat isn't like isn't too too bad. 
I know why they did it. Um, it kind of makes sense when you describe it from kind of a marketing and branding perspective, but, um, all of his entire like lifetime accomplishments came either wearing Nike gear or wearing like the old TW logo. So, you know, this, this is fine. Like it marks a new kind of phase in his life. And, um, you know, people are still going to go out and probably buy the $200, you know, cashmere hoodie because it's tiger and there's people that, you know, a $200 cashmere hoodie is like nothing for them. So I wouldn't be surprised to have, you know, some people get it, but oh boy. it's, it's weird though. Right. Like it's weird. Like tiger and Nike, that's just what you, what you always thought yeah. it would be. And, and this is kind of like a forced, this is a forced thing, but if you're Canadian and if you're interested in it, Taylor may told me yesterday that, Come May 1st, it'll be available online if you want to go and buy it. So, go nuts. Listen, who doesn't want to wear a $200 cashmere sweater on the golf course? Because cashmere and golf go hand in hand. Just uh, spill it. Ketchup, sure. ketchup yeah. and mayo from my pork <laughs> missile all over the damn yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, especially, especially the weekend hacker. Here's oh, my yeah. cashmere sweater yeah. uh, I just bought from TaylorMade. Yeah, it's covered it's in quite fancy. Coors Light uh, and crumbs. <laughs> Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, I, I'm the, sure, the sandy sure I got at the, the turn. Oh no, I just got some mustard on my cashmere yeah. tiger wood sweater. Tiger, tiger was really laser like focused on 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 those guys with the chicken salad in a cup falling all over the, uh, the sweater at the turn. Yeah, <laughs> um, tough scene. Wanted to ask you. Um, surprisingly, the length off the tee with the driver is pretty damn good for Tiger, right? He's, you know, that's probably the most impressive thing because a lot of that is generated by lower body and, and core. And I guess like, you know, if you think about kind of core, um, core strength, that would certainly be something that he could do uh, as he was, you know, recovering from, from the ankle surgery. But in terms of like stability and just base and firepower and having to kind of fire through the ball, you know, that all really starts with your feet and your legs, and your Achilles, and your knees, and your hips, and, like, Tiger's, all of those body parts for Tiger Woods are, like, really terrible, and they're, like, surgically repaired, all of them, so for him to be able to generate uh, that speed uh, is pretty darn impressive, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I talked a couple minutes ago about, you know, how he doesn't really need to bang driver around, you know, a place like St. Andrews, or Royal St. George's, or Troon, or whatever it is, but, you know, he's obviously been you know, focused and, and, and wanting to make sure that his speed is as high up as possible uh, when he does, when he does come back. So, you know, he's not all that far back, um, you know, off, off the tee. So um, must've just been something that he knew he was going to have to work on because for him to have the surgically repaired ankle and the Achilles and the knees and the hips and still kind of generate all that is, uh, is pretty darn impressive for sure. How about the weekend for Nick Taylor wins the waste management open? I don't know how many people actually watched him finish it out because they got delayed and it finished during the first quarter of the Super Bowl. I know you were watching. What was the most impressive part about his victory last weekend? For for me, it was the fact that anytime he looked at a putt or he was over a putt, like you kind of knew he was going to make it. And we, as like a collective kind of Canadian golfing fandom, we haven't really had that in a while. Like Corey's been the top ranked Canadian uh, male for uh, almost a year. It, Nick just jumped ahead of him. And, and Corey's, you know, the, the part of his game that he struggles with uh, is the putting. Like he's, he's improved in leaps and bounds, but the putting is a big question mark. Even Brooke Henderson, the winningest Canadian of all time, two majors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like the putting is always the thing that she's been working on um, for the longest. But Nick, you know, gets up there. It's late on Sunday. Uh, three birdies in his last four holes. Birdies 18 twice in a row to win the tournament. And he's he's looking at these putts, and it's like these are going 
one place in the hole. And I think that that um, is a is a structure thing. It's a confidence thing. Uh, and when you think about competing and contending at a place like Augusta National, which is a second shot golf course, and it's a it's a green it's an on the greens and short game golf course, like you can't help but think like. Nick's confidence is through the roof right now. Uh, TPC Scottsdale is kind of producing the same kind of winners, uh, like a Hideki Matsuyama, like a Scotty Scheffler the last couple of years, who obviously play super well at Augusta. So you can't help but think like Nick's tools and his toolbox mm. are are really going to be well suited for majors. And you know that mm. short game effort, that short game output, uh, certainly Sunday at the waist, like that was amazing. So um, that was the thing from a Nick Taylor perspective that impressed me the most. Is he in his prime? Auto, yeah, hundred percent. Thirty-five years old, love it. Never been playing, uh, never been playing this good of golf in his life. Has never just been so dialed with every aspect. He's not, he's not a bomber. Um, you know, he knows that he's going to hit it far enough. His iron game is solid, and you know, he may be the best putter on tour right this second. Uh, and his short game, uh, the chipping. His coach told me it was pretty bad to start the year, but they changed both his tempo and his setup. So now his chips and, and the shots around the greens uh, have improved as well. So you know, if you're the best putter on tour uh, and you've got a boatload of confidence, and you've won, your last two wins have come in playoffs when you've had to go out and absolutely beat somebody, like yeah, you're in your prime. And, and you should be riding this wave as, as, as long as you can. Adam Stanley, golf reporter for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Broadcast Hotline. Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Uh, which is more likely to happen in 2024? Tiger Woods making the cut at all four majors or Rory McIlroy to win a major? Oh, boy. Uh, I think it's – I think – I think it's got to be Rory. Just because Tiger – like, Tiger's health is such a big question mark. Like, even if he mm. – um, you know, he's saying that he feels good – and, you know, obviously he's swinging well and he wants to go out and, and he wants to compete and I can go on and on, but that body of his, you know, we, we still don't really know. And neither does he, he's fully admitted that he could wake up and, and feel really bad or feel really good, or he could feel bad as like the, uh, as the day goes on. So I do think that there are for four days in a row for 48 year old Tiger Woods, 49 year old Tiger Woods, surgically repaired, reconstructed Tiger Woods to, to kind of make it, um, Every single major championship, four rounds, I think that's that's going to be tough. Whereas Rory, like with the weight of the world kind of off his shoulders now, I think Rory might might have a really good chance to finally just say, like, you know, I got this. I don't have to worry about anything else. The guys are doing what they're doing. I'm going to go play, and I'm going to go win. Um, super fascinating uh, when it comes to Rory McIlroy. What a mess is this? How much of a mess is this going to be? Uh, Joaquin Neiman wins and live and, and all of a sudden he's like, I don't know if I'm playing at the masters and w- what kind of mess is this potentially for the tournament coming up? We we saw the promos at the Super Bowl. We're all excited for the masters, but what kind of mess is this? If big time live guys aren't able to play in the tournament, how much does that take away from the masters? And I'm sure those dudes at the masters are like, uh, this is supposed to be the most prestigious tournament on tour, the best of the best. I don't know how we're going to figure this out. Do you know how they're going to figure this out? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to matter at all. Like if Joaquin Neiman doesn't play the Masters, like sorry, dude, you signed up for this. You knew exactly what you're getting into. You're probably just you're probably upset because maybe you were promised something that hasn't come to fruition, or maybe you thought by the time you got to this point, you know, people would have come to a better agreement on how you can qualify for the big tournaments. But like Joaquin Neiman not playing in the Masters is not going to impact the Masters. I think the folks at the Masters are probably going to be you know, cheese that 
all the questions that are going to be asked are going to be about, um, you know, how to qualify and what's the go forward plan and this, that, and the next thing. And they don't like things to, to take over from the celebration of, of that tournament. But, you know, individuals who knew what they signed up for when they signed up for it, you know, shouldn't be surprised that, you know, they're not going to be able to play some of these tournaments based on the, the existing qualifying criteria that has been kind of installed over the last number of years. So, um, yeah, I mean, sorry, man, you just, you knew what you were getting into. Nice win yeah. under the lights, but uh, we'll see you at uh, we'll see you down the road. <laughs> How many John Rom swings have you actually seen? Uh, one. I saw the first one. I saw the first one when he teed off uh, okay. uh, for his very first event down in Mexico. Oh, and then I saw the other one where he, where his caddy complained about the uh, uh, the noise with the with the Kygo music uh, blasting mm. in the background at yeah. the same time. There was, was also like, just again, a shank off the toe too. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's um I don't know. I don't really know what to what to feel about all that. I think it's I think it's just been a fascinating and kind of weird kind of start to the golfing year. Um this year like I said when we started will feel somewhat somewhat normal and uh, to see John Rom wearing like Mortal Kombat gear um like seems super strange. <laughs> uh but yeah, I don't know if he's going to rock that at the at the Masters in his like uh winner in his winners defending champion press conference. It's like ah, this is strange. This is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> totally weird. Um, Adam, uh, enjoy the golf. Enjoy, uh, enjoy, enjoy watching Tiger Woods. Is Tiger <laughs> Tracker still on Twitter? Is that still working? No, no. That that was quashed when like Golf Channel became like not anything. But there's like another. There's another one like TW Legion, TW Spot, something like that. They do a pretty good job with the with the tracking. So okay. um, all right, yeah, he'll be up. We'll see. Terrific stuff. Uh, if he wins, we'll definitely talk to you on Monday. All right, Adam, great stuff. Thanks for this, pal. I can't wait. Thanks, fellas. See ya. There he goes. That would be a ginormous story if he wins. Talk <laughs> about a great weekend for Tiger Woods to be in contention. Like, Super Bowl's done. Patrick will be glued to the Daytona 500. Well, might have to be push that to Monday. Rain is going to be running into Oh, no. Oh, so he's going to be glued. NASCAR's back, so that only means that weather will be affecting all the races. <laughs> okay. So yeah. but my it, favorite part of the Daytona 500 was years ago when they delayed it for like six hours when they were fixing potholes. Well, they ran it on a Monday. What an electric sport. That was event. already run on a Monday. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was bad. Uh, if he's in contention on Sunday, no football, um, like, NBA All-Star game, uh, Electric Factory. That TW Legion, they, like the first post they have is Tiger in, in the black Sunday red with the Tiger logo, with the new cat logo. Looks dope. It's like a black long okay. sleeve. Looks like the hat looks good. I'll be watching today. I'm in. I'm I'm all in. I'm watching it. Um, All right. Uh, Straight ahead. The Columbus Blue Jackets need a new general manager. Breaking news this morning. Uh, Yarmul Kekalining out as the GM of the Jackets. Nick Kiprios from Real Kipper and Board will join us next to talk about that. We'll get his thoughts on potentially the the noise around Jacob Markstrom. And are the Leafs really going to make a deal with the Flames here? Is that potentially on the radar? Would that actually happen? We'll talk to Kipper next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. We'll wrap up today's edition of the program with the lock of the day. Brought to you by Metal Supermarkets, Calgary. I got mine wrong yesterday. What did you do? Sorry, what was that? Uh, Lock of the day yesterday. Oh, yeah, no, poor, 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 poor. (laughs) Continue to fade me, please. Okay. Do not do anything okay. that I am doing with these picks. 
I'm okay. trying to be well-informed and educated, but I continue to believe that hockey is one of the hardest sports to gamble it on. It is. It absolutely is. That's why you should dip into the basketball prop market. Well, I know um, even less. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know even less. Uh, big news on the hockey world today to talk about it on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Nick Kiprios, the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and, Radio and Television Network, Stanley Cup champion. Kipper, good morning. How are you, pal? Do we got Nick? He was there. I heard them talking is, in the break he, on the other side of the wall. GVP was having a, having a chatter. Is he is he gone in the Kip abyss? Dong? Hello, 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 hello. Is this thing on? This, this, this. I, I guess know? he's not there. That's too bad. We had him. I guess I'm we sure lost we'll, him. Well, we'll reconnect. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Was he on his phone? No, he was uh, through the board. Here. He was on the machine. He's on the oh, clean. It even, even sounds clear when we have him there. Yeah, very strange. Usually it works. Must have faded out. Mm. Maybe he got a phone call. Mm. The boys will figure it out. The boys will get to the sleuthing on it, figure it all out, get everything all sorted here. Hey, I did want to yeah. pass something on, actually, from Adam Stanley, actually, if we've got a moment. Okay. Um, last time we had a man around this time of year, right after the Waste Management Open, and we asked him for a long shot Masters pick, and he oh. wasn't prepared whatsoever. Uh, this yes. time he was actually ready for that question. We didn't Damn end up it. getting to it. But his pick is Keegan Bradley. Ooh. I don't okay. know why. We're going to have to have him on before the Masters and, and oh, get him to explain it. But yeah. I just wanted to let you know, if in case you were looking for that, because we've done it with him yep. before around this time of year, Keegan Bradley. Um, we have Nick on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Is that Kipper, bad? Good morning. How are you, pal? <laughs> you guys cut me off. Was I that bad already? No, no, no. You're you're one of our favorites. Why would we cut you off? We, we enjoy you on our show. We like that you take time. To jump on um, this news of Yarmo Kekalainen out in Columbus, yeah, it's not really that surprising, is it, Kipper? Like seriously, what took them so long? <laughs> like they were holding up hope that they could be with, a wild card with, with team. All due, with all due respect, um, it, it it's been a gong show uh, right from the get go with the Mike Babcock hiring, and then like. Pretending that you get a second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Like, I, I think they would have liked to wait it to the end of the year, but uh, it, it just it, it just needed to be done, guys. We, we, the whole hockey world knew that. Um, how have you how have you graded Pascal Vincent's time behind the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> bench, Gipper? Well, it's not even a fair question. I think uh, they just they just got to do what they have to do and. Uh, it starts with uh, looking for a general manager. Uh, uh, John Davidson will, will be in charge of that. When they hired John Davidson back, he had no say in the hockey department. That was all Yarmo. All these decisions um, have been on uh, his shoulders. So now John Davidson's job is to get uh, a general manager, can work with the head coach, work with the trainers, work with the, the players. And, uh, you know, that's where you go from there. So uh, uh, no grade for the coach just yet. I'm fascinated by the way that the young players have been deployed in Columbus this year. What have you made of some of the choices as far as what they've done with their roster and scratching some of the young players and maybe even more specifically David Juracek going up and down with the uh, AHL club? Yeah, again, um, a failing grade. Uh, by Columbus on all accounts and 
you know, they're, 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 guys, they're, they're, they're basically starting from scratch here, um, moving forward. And yeah, I think there's some, some good pieces there, uh, that you can work around. You gotta, you know, you gotta settle in on finding an eventual goaltender. Merzlikens, we believe that, uh, you know, he'll find his way to be uh, traded somewhere, but you know, the stability or the organization, uh, having players that want to come there and stay there. How many times have we heard I want out or behind the scenes that uh, someone's trying to, to get out. Um, but that, that, that it's just got to stop and hopefully they can bring in someone with some credibility, talk to the players. You know, my good friend, Doug McLean uh, started that franchise way mm-hmm. back when uh, raves about uh, the community uh, the fan base, all of it seems to be in place to be very successful. But it starts from the top, and when you have stability up at the top, uh, you'll have it on the bottom. So this is a team that's basically starting from scratch. John Davidson takes over as the general manager. I do wonder, is is this going to be a job that is enticing to people around the league, or is this one that maybe you'll want to stay away from a little bit? Well, first of all, there's only 32 of these jobs, right? So it's enticing and in that sense. Listen, you're, you're talking to a guy that, uh, that that had his best NHL year in Hartford, Connecticut. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and I had no problem feeling like I'm in the NHL. I'm in the big leagues. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Hartford. I played in a mall, for goodness sake, a shopping <laughs> mall. That's where the rink was. Don't care. You're in the NHL, and that's the bottom line for some of these players uh, uh, moving forward is that uh, this is the big league. So it will be a very sought-after job, the general manager's uh, position there. And I believe there will be many good people lining up for this job. Nick, wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on the uh, the ongoing trade speculation surrounding the Calgary Flames, a lot of chatter around one Jacob Markstrom, who clearly having a Vezina-type season for the Flames. Obviously, how closely we watch him, he's been fantastic. He's been far and away the Flames' best and most consistent player since the start of the season. Um, If And Maddie's brought up this great point. If you're New Jersey and you're Carolina, how the hell aren't you trying to trade for this guy? Oh no! It, it it was it's it was as close as a done deal as you can get. Uh, there's no question that Jacob Markstrom understands where he's at right now, and he knows he's playing as well as he ever has his whole career. He feels it right now, um, but he's not a spring chicken, and you gotta you gotta go try to win now uh, at the height. The Calgary Flames know that. Jacob knows that. New Jersey knows that. And uh, although things cool down, uh, I, I think there's a there's a very good chance it'll get revisited uh, sooner than later. And what are some to, of those? He wants to win. Sorry, Nick. He, yeah, he just wants to win now, and he's given yeah. the green light to New Jersey. Uh, they just they've got to find uh, the right fit right now. What would some of potentially have you heard any potential pieces that would be on the way back to Calgary? I, I personally have not yet, but uh, you assume that uh, uh, New Jersey, along with L.A. and a few other teams, they do have, you know, they, they've, they've got a good core of uh, prospects. They've got uh, assets there. Uh, and I think uh, Craig can go a number of ways here in a perfect world. Um, 
you know, you'd, you'd love to find yourself uh, another Sharon Govich, you know, uh, that can be one of those middle tier guys where you're like, yeah, he's quite not right there. But if we bring him along, he can find a, a, a great spot. Doesn't happen all the time. You may have to go with uh, the, the, the traditional first rounders and a, and a blue chip prospect that might need two or three years. Uh, but I think the Flames are in such a good position between Tan of Markstrom, Hannafin right now that, uh, that, that you've got enough of a return there where you can really pick, pick your, your spots on, on how quickly you want to think that you can turn around and compete here. Uh, is it a, a, a three or four year? Is it a two or three, or is it a one or two year rebuild again? Uh, where are you on how quickly you can get new assets in and they can contribute right away. But, uh, you know, Sharon Govich is a, uh, a wonderful, uh, uh, starting point on, on, on which, which players you want to target and how quickly can they come to your hockey club and contribute. Obviously, we've seen some deals made already. Uh, Markstrom isn't the only name that is out there. Tanev and Hannafin still remain. Um, do you see that there's maybe a, a a marriage here? I feel like we ask you every time you come on, yeah. but between the Flames and the Leafs, what are you feeling as of late? Because we know that this can all change with one phone call. Yeah, I I, I really believe that the, the Leafs probably are on the outside looking in on, on Tanev. And I think in a perfect world, it would be his first choice. Uh, it's home. He's familiar with it. Uh, trains in the summer, you know, with the likes of Gary Roberts, uh, family. But again, for, for the Leafs to go for, a, uh, to give up a first round pick, you know, at his age right now, uh, I think doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the fact that uh, they've been burned a couple of times with trading for uh, pending unrestricted free agents, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Mike Foligno, or, uh, um, or Mike's son. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Nick Foligno. And, uh, yeah, I showed my age there for a second, guys. <laughs> it, it, and then to lose them makes, again, no sense. Uh, and, and Tanev will be looking for an extension that would fall into the $5 million range. And, again, are the least Really? Players? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, five million for Tanev. I think Tanev can get five million on the open market next year. Now, hey, listen, it, it may be for two. Branson got four, George. I know two, 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 a three-year deal. I think mm-hmm. he'll have no problem at all. Wow, guys, taking okay. fifteen million for three years. Uh, Tanev is a really he. he He's got a special quality about him, guys. And and I don't have mm. to tell you this because you hear it every day in Calgary, but he is beloved and he is so well respected. And there's a premium, there's a premium on Chris Tanov because of what he brings your dressing room. And again, if you're the Leafs and you've had a little issues uh, with leadership over the years, that guy comes in and uh and, and stabilizes a lot for you. But the Leafs aren't the only ones thinking this way. There's nine or other, there's nine or ten other teams that uh, desperately would love to bring a Chris Tanev into their dressing room. Um, wanted to ask you because obviously Noah Hannafin's a name that's been thrown around. 
What's the perception of the job Brad Tree Living's done so far in Toronto? The Ryan Reeves contract is a mess. Uh, we don't have to tell you about uh, the defenseman, um, Klingberg, the, the incident with him, he's on Robida Island. The signings of Max Domi's been very underwhelming. Tyler Bertuzzi's been a little underwhelming. Like, how's he being viewed right now in Toronto, Nick, and how much pressure's on him here on the deadline to do something? Well, I think, well, it's not... It's not glowing, you know, it's not raving in terms of where they are. And yeah, that they, they missed on Klingberg. Uh, Ryan Reeves has not uh, given them the, the, the moxie that they would have hoped throughout the whole season, but he's starting to kind of find a place on the fourth line again. So we'll see where that goes. Believe it or not, it's for Brad Tree living. It's around Simone Benoit, who they picked up out of Anaheim. And uh, Martin Jones. Martin Jones has, in many ways, saved their season this year as well. So, with all their goaltending issues, so uh, I, I think there's room still for for Brad to uh, to convince people that uh, he's he's a top general manager uh, in the next little while. So there's some to suggest that the Leafs might take a pass on being aggressive this this trade deadline. I don't see it at all. I think their first rounder, I think for Brad, their, their first rounder and a, a top prospect uh, might come into play here for them to have a, a serious run at uh, shoring up the blue line. Does that mean that Tanev comes back in play if they sign him to an extension right away? Does, does that make Brad want to move the first rounder that much more? Does it include Hannafin as well? If you throw in a, a a, a top prospect that they have in in uh, in Fraser Minton, uh, does, does that entice Calgary? Those are those are the questions now being discussed behind the scenes right now. But Brad, Brad needs to make a splash here. He cannot have the Leafs go quietly this season out of the first or or maybe even the second round. Nick Kiprios is the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Joining us here on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline is there a possibility that the flames could fetch a bigger return for noah hannafin for than what they got for elias lindholm uh hannafin's very attractive guys and we know that because calgary on a number of occasions have tried to resign him and somebody told me that they might have even revisited the last offer uh that i had heard was 7.5 could they have gone to 64 million dollars for eight years for noah hmm. hannafin and it's not like you're you're paying for a guy that's going to compete for the Norris every year, but he is a very young UFA coming up where, you know, he munches a lot of minutes and they're hard to replace. And, you know, seven and a half, eight million dollars isn't nine and a half for Darnell Nurse. And, you know, can you compare the two? I, I don't think... Darnell's ever going to be in a position to really legitimately go for a Norris uh, year after year either. Um, but you're getting him, potentially you're trying to get him for less than $2 million that, that Edmonton's paying for Nurse. So it's not, it's not crazy to think that this guy is going to be attracted to a lot of teams uh, and, and paying him over $60 million because those guys are hard to find. So yeah, the return can be very, very ludicrous for uh, or uh, uh, lucrative for 
uh, Calgary here moving forward here. So uh, we'll see where that plays out. But, you know, the longer it goes, uh, the more aggressive Calgary gets in terms of finding out where, where Hannafin's true value is right now. What did you make of Phil Kessel skating with the Canucks affiliate? Yeah, this is kind of a a long shot at best. I don't think it's costing anything, and and there's certainly uh, the relationship between you know Al- Alvin Rutherford, Tockett, and Kessel from their Pittsburgh days, and they found a nice spot for him. He wasn't a a go to guy. Uh, winning championships in Pittsburgh, but he was a nice guy that could fit in on the third line with Bonino and Hagland, and they had great success there. And right now, if if he can play himself back into shape, I think he can come in maybe as the 13th forward. And if you're in a position when some of these guys get hurt right now, you're not taking much out of the Vancouver Canucks lineup to put in Phil Kessel. But if he can quietly wait on the sidelines and see if there's an an injury, then you could probably slide him in if they lost Connor Garland for an extended period of time, you know, or, or Brock Besser. I think the feeling is that, that maybe Phil can come in there and, and hold his own. But uh, uh, no downside for this uh, for Vancouver at, at all here at this point. You think they end up uh, trading to get some more forward help then? Or do you think it's just like they went out with the gods of Dorov? Obviously, they've added Lindholm. Like, do you think they still need to add more via the trade market? Not really. But, you know, Jimmy Rutherford, like, is probably sitting in his office jonesing for another trade right now. This guy (laughs) loves the action, doesn't he? Top prospects just burning a hole in his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Some GMs now, they're just so scared to pull a trigger. And he's like, Jimmy's like, I'll show you how to do it, <laughs> right? I'll, I'll teach you how to make a decision. For hey, it's, I, I gotta love Jimmy Rutherford. And yes, my my uh, my answer to you is yes. I think they're gonna they're gonna go get uh, maybe a little bit more depth help. Uh, and I've always believed this uh, from the moment we won the Stanley Cup in 1994 that you need seven eight sometimes even nine quality defense you know waiting in the wings if someone goes down the name doug lister will will uh, a, a good friend but will always be one of those names where i'm like where would we have been you know every time i look at my my stanley cup uh ring uh you know most guys will think of messier Richter and Leach, I think a Doug Litster coming in and, and playing key minutes uh, down the stretch when Jeff Bukaboom went down. That's the type of mentality Jimmy Rutherford and others have when they envision winning a Stanley Cup is, mm. okay, if I lose this guy, who's going in? Who's going to fill that spot? Who's going to hold his own? And you do that with tremendous depth. Uh, Nick, before I let you go, I want to get your thoughts. What are you hearing on the UC Saros uh trade speculation here potentially yeah that nashville's taking calls for sure um you know and they've got uh the russian uh, prospect waiting in the wings uh their their first rounder from a few years ago so uh they like soros they can hold on to him uh or if uh you know someone makes them an offer they can't refuse then you, you move off of them but uh he's he's definitely uh, I, I don't saying he's in play is too aggressive, but Nashville taking calls on him and 
that's where I believe that New Jersey is right now. Uh, they, they know what it's going to take to get Markstrom. It's on hold. They go knock on the door and they have discussions on Saros. And then they're going to have discussions on John Gibson in Anaheim. And in all probability, my guess is that they, they circle back uh, to Calgary on Markstrom and get a deal done. Uh, Nick Kiprios is the host of Real Kipper, born in the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Kipper, always great stuff. Thanks for this, pal. All right. You guys have a great day. Thanks. There's Nick on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. When he said $5 million for Tanev, it reminds me of when we interviewed him at the golf tournament, mm. the Flames Charity Golf Tournament, and we asked him about his contract. He's like, I'm not worried about it. And I totally believed him. When I hear like three years, $15 million, now I know why he's not worried about it. Well, I... I that was right what I expected. I don't know why you're so shocked by that number. He's, I'm just saying, just because of the offensive output. That's why. That's all. But he is like the exact opposite spectrum. Like no GM is going to Tanev and saying we're signing you because of what we need you bring. You on the power play. Yeah, like he's he's like you, you don't get players like him who sacrifice everything. Like you, you I don't know. I. I think his services are invaluable. And, yeah, everyone wants to play the the guys who throw up all the points and stuff. But, like, who would you rather have on your team, Chris Tanev or Trevor Zegras? Easy choice. Who's getting paid more? Well, I thought you were going to go Eric Carlson there. Well, that's – Eric Carlson should make more than Chris Tanev yeah. because he's actually affected the game in a positive way in, in, in many instances. Now, his Norris is fraudulent, but apart from that, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's gonna be interesting. Sick uh, plus minus, dude. And we are uh, we're waiting for uh, that first round pick. That's what we keep hearing here is that as teams are willing to pay a first round pick for Chris Tanev, boom, trade happens right away. Sounds like Connor so, Bedard might return tonight. By the way, wow, ahead of schedule. <laughs> are we shocked? Yeah, and guess uh, who's on the schedule? Sid's in town. Oh, okay. Well, they opened the season with that, which was kind of cool. I thought. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, he's back, and I'm sure he'll be wearing a fishbowl tonight. Oh, yeah. Very World Junior uh, Championship vibes tonight. Yes. Yeah, back when he was an he'll underager. Be, yeah, he'll be rocking the fishbowl, <laughs> and he'll pretend like he's undressing Latvia in a game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Latvia, the States, you know, he he did a lot of good work against uh, the powerhouse teams as well. Um, There's one thing left to do on today's edition. It's the lock of the day. And it's brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue Southeast. Uh, you know what? I, there's a lot of Europa League action today this afternoon, which mm. I know you love, Matty. Oh, yeah, the love, me, love me the Rope League. Yeah, the, the Rope League. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the National Basketball Association tonight. Oh, hoops. Yeah, and I'm going to do a very specific player prop. Okay. Very, very specific. I'm going to take my man with a weird hairy neck, Brooke Lopez, on the road in Memphis to square off against the Grizz. I'm going to take him over one and a half, three points made. Over his last three games, he's attempted 18 three-pointers. Whoa. I'm going to take him over one and a half three-pointers made tonight. Brooke Lopez, lock it in! Clink! 
You know what I really like here today, George, is... Hockey? Uh, yes, it is going to be a hockey pick. Shot prop? Yeah, it is going to be a Heartbreak shot Heartbreak again? Oh, yeah. Heartbreak's coming, baby. But look what I found here. Tasty little line. Yegor Sharangovich over two and a half shots at plus money. Okay. Sign me up. Over two and a half shots for okay. Yegor. Okay. Sharky. Patrick, where are we going? Uh, we're going to the, the, the Genesis round one score for Tiger Woods under 70 and a half. Oh, let's go. Love it. GVP, what basketball bet are you making? I'm doing hockey tonight. Whoa, what? whoa. Hey. Flames in San Jose. I'm going to do a shot prop as well. I'm going to take the weak dog over two and a half shots. Bingo. And they'll and the combined speed of those shots will be 102 kilometers an hour. Well, they they might uh, match Tiger's first round score. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did you? Uh, the what did you day taste first? You by, what was the line, Patrick? The line for that? Yeah. Plus 200. Well, what was? Oh, the, uh, under 70 and a half. 70, 70 and, and a half. half. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, like he's going to tear up the rib today, according to our man Patty. That's a good line. I might hop on that. Uh, the lock of the day is brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue Southeast. What do you got coming up on Mucho Big Show? Well, I know we didn't get a ton of football talk with Ross Tucker, and that's okay. We, we do love his entertaining chats. Uh, we're going to go to Jordan Dijani. He was down in Vegas uh, covering the game for CBSSports.com, kind of get a, his experience down in Vegas and uh, look ahead of the offseason. Cool. Yeah. Uh, t- tomorrow we got the uh, the Chronolist in studio. We'll Cobra. be all over the Sharks and Flames game, and uh, Frank Cervalli is going to join us, get yes, some a uh, little more details on that. Supposed trade that was really close between the Flames and Devils for Jacob Marstrom. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever get your favorite podcast. Rate and review and subscribe and stuff if you want. If you don't want, that's that's cool too. There's <laughs> totally no pressure. Uh, we'll be all over this Sharks and Flames game tomorrow. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a terrific Thursday. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.